Good morning, sunshine. I just want to wish all our mothers a happy Mother's Day to you. I pray that today will be a very special day with you and with your families. And God will really um, bless you today that you'll be creating some new memories that you're going to hold on dear to for years to come. I thank God for this privilege, this opportunity to speak into your life this morning um, briefly. I want to talk about mother of faith and perseverance. And the scripture this morning that I would like to us to take a look at comes from Second Kings 4, verse 8 to 37. It's about the Shilonite woman. But before we, we get there, I thought deeply about motherhood and what our role was in the beginning when God created us. I went back to Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18. When God created man, and after man was in the garden for a while, he looked and he said, it is not good for him to be alone. This is just not good. I will make him a helper. I will make him someone to be with him that is just right for him. And God created the woman. I think about this, that our role as women is one of caring, one of sharing, one of encouraging, one of helping the development or growth of someone or something. So our main role is one of a nurturer. So that is where I want to focus on this morning as I talk about the mother of faith and perseverance. These are some real trying times that we are living in. As mothers, we are feeling some kind of fear for our children as to what kind of society, what, what, what does the future hold for our children, for our grandchildren, for the young ones that are coming up? What will it be by the time they get to adulthood? And those are some of the questions we are asking ourselves because right now our world is in turmoil. But this morning I want to encourage all of us mothers to hold on to our faith, and to persevere in the role that God has created us to continue to nurture our children, continue to nurture our families and our grandchildren and all those that God has put into our lives to, to, to sow into, to, to, to help to develop, to help to care for, to help to encourage, and to help to grow. So let's read a little about the Shunanite woman and that Elisha had an encounter with. 
And we are going to go to 2 Kings chapter 4 and verse 8. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, One day, Elisha went to the town of Shunan. A wealthy woman lived there, and she urged him to come to her home for a meal. After that, whenever he passed that way, he would stop there for something to eat. She said to her husband, I am sure this man who stops in from time to time is a holy man of God. Let's build a small room for him on the roof and furnish it with a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp. Then he will have a place to stay whenever he comes back. This is indicating to us that this woman, from what we are reading, she has the means, she has wealth. So money did not make her insensitive to recognizing righteousness and godliness. She was sensitive to the fact that this man was a man of God. This woman was a reverent woman. She respected the man of God. And in respecting the man of God, she was hospitable to the man of God. She offered, she wasn't looking for anything, it seems, but she wanted to, to invest into this man of God, to make him comfortable, to provide some place for him. So Elijah, it seems, continued to visit this town, Shunem, and he had a place to stay. So verse 11 says, One day Elisha returned to Shunem, and he went up to this upper room to rest. He said to his servant Gehazi, Tell the woman from Shunem I want to speak to her. When she appeared, Elijah said to the servant Gehazi, Tell her, we appreciate the kind concern she, you have shown us. What can we do for you? Can we put in a good word for you to the king or to the commander of the army? And she said, no. My family takes good care of me. So she needed, she really did not need, this was not a, a, a tit for tat. This was not, um, she was not looking something from, from the man of God. She just wanted to, to sow into this godly man's life, to invest in what he was doing. Later, Elijah asked the servant, it, but it seems like it was on Elijah's mind. And he said, what can we do for her? And Gehazi replied, she doesn't have a son, and her husband is an old man. Bear with me, um, Virgin, I'm going somewhere. So Elijah said, call her back again. Elijah told him, when the woman returned, Elijah said to her as she stood in the doorway, next year at this time, you will be holding a son in your arms. No, my Lord, she cried, oh, man of God, don't deceive me and get my hopes up like that. And sure enough, the woman became pregnant. And at that time, the following year, she had a son, just as Elijah had said. One day when her child was older, 
he went out to help his father who was working for the harvester. Suddenly he cried out, My head hurts. My head hurts. His father said to one of the servants, Carry him home to his mother. So the servant took him home, and his mother held him on her lap. But around noontime he died. He carried him up and laid him on the bed of the man of God. That's Elijah's bed. She put the child in Elijah's room. Then she shut the door and she left him there. She sent a message to her husband. Send one of the servants and a donkey so that I can hurry to the man of God and come right back. Why go today? That's her husband asked her. It is neither a new moon festival nor a Sabbath. So it seems in those days I was reading that you really don't seek out the man of God just like that. It has to be for a special occasion. But she said to him, it will be all right. So she saddled the donkey and said to the servant, hurry, don't slow down unless I tell you to. As she approached the man of God at Mount Carmel, and this I was reading that from Shunem where she lived to Mount Carmel where Elijah lived, it was about 15 to 25 miles. So in less than a day, this woman woman covered 15 to 25 miles to get to the man of God. And as she approached the man of God, verse 25, at Mount Carmel, Elijah saw her in the distance. I was thinking that it might have been the dust from the chariot or the horse that she was riding at the speed that she was going. So Elijah said to Gehazi, look, the woman from Shunan is coming. Run out to meet her and ask her, is everything all right with you, your husband, and your child? Why would Elijah think so? It might have been the haste with which the woman was riding, the time of day, and as I said before, it was not customary for a woman to be going to seek out the son of God, the man of God in those times. Yes, the woman told Gehazar, everything is fine. But when she came to the man of God, she fell to the ground before him and caught hold of his feet. Gehazi began to push her away. But the man of God said, leave her alone. She is deeply troubled. But the Lord has not told me what it is. Then she said, did I ask you for a son, my Lord? Or didn't I say, don't deceive me and get my hopes up? Then Elijah said to Gehazar, get ready to travel. Take my staff and go. Don't talk to anyone along the way. Go quickly and lay the staff on the child's face. But apparently, by then as she spoke, God had revealed to Elisha that something was wrong with the child. But the boy's mother said, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, 
I won't go home unless you go with me. So Elijah returned with her. Gehazi hurried on ahead and laid the staff on the child's face, but nothing happened. There was no sign of life. He returned to meet Elijah and told him, the child is still dead. Now this staff that Elijah had sent before him with his servant to lay on the child, he must have created many miracles with that staff before. So he knew that when he uses that staff with prior, that he has seen some miracles. But this time nothing happened. So we go back to read verse 32. When Elijah arrived, the child was indeed dead, laying there on the prophet's bed. He went in alone and shut the door behind him and prayed to the Lord. Then he laid down on the child's body, placing his mouth on the child's mouth, his eyes on the child's eyes, and his hands on the child's hand. And as he stretched out on him, the child's body began to grow warm. Elijah got up, walked back and forth. Now, can you imagine Elijah laying on the child? He prayed the child. Life began to come back into the body, but the child was still not responding. And he was walking back and forth, walking back and forth. I'm sure, and I want to believe that as he walked back and forth, he wasn't just walking back and forth in frustration. He was praying and praying, God, we need you. We got, you. You need to do something now. You need to come by here now. I need you, God. You need to show up in the midst of this situation right now. God, I need you. We need you. So Elijah got up and he walked back and forth, verse 35, across the room, and then he stretched out himself again on the child. This time the boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. Then Elijah summoned Gazer, called the child's mother, he said. And when she came in, Elijah said, Here, take your son. She fell at his feet and bowed before him, overwhelmed with gratitude. Then she took her son, her son in her arms and carried him downstairs. A beautiful story. A true story. A word that was written of four times for our learning. In this story, we saw a woman of faith and a woman of perseverance. And I'm sure a lot of you know where I'm going with this. It's, it's about praying. It's about praying and persevering. This woman was a woman of faith. When she got her miracle, the miracle of her son in her old age. And the son died. She knew where to go. She did not even complain to her husband. I don't think her husband even knew that the child had died. Because from the story, when he asked what was the matter, she said, it is well. She did not go to the neighbor to complain, my child has died, which this man had uh, profited. God had told me and given me this miracle, and now he take this miracle back from me. 
There was no complaining. There was no murmuring. She was going right back to the source of her gift. And to her at that time, Elijah represented the source of her miracle, her gift. So she was going right back to that source. And she went back with determination, with faith. I'm laying this child here, and I'm going back to the man of God, because if there is anybody that can do something about my child who is now dead, it is this man. And in our time, we said, it is God. But if there's anyone that can do something about this situation that seems so impossible, this dead situation that I'm dealing with, it is God himself. So she didn't take time to text or to to phone anyone or to, to complain or to Google what to do. She went right to the source. And when she went to the source, she persevered because she was not going to go or she was not going to say, okay, go back home, my servant is gone. She wanted Elijah to come with her. She was not arrogant. She was not boisterous. She was humble. She, she, she lay at his feet. She held onto his feet to the man of God. She said, I will not go until you come with me. Mothers, if somebody says that nothing is as powerful as a praying mother, if there was ever a time that we need to pray and persevere for our children, it is now. For our young people, it is now. We have a role and a task. Someone once said the end that rocked the cradle is the end that rules the world. Our role as mothers is so significant. It is so important. And we have limited time, very limited time in our world, in our role as a nurturer, as a mother. Because in no time at all, our children grow up. And the only thing that is going to be permanent in their lives, really, and formative in their characters, is what we do in our role as mothers. So as we celebrate this Mother's Day and celebrate mothers, I would like us to to think carefully Again, about our role as mother. What is the inheritance that we are leaving for our children? What can they say about us? Were we a mother of faith? Did we persevere in prayer on their behalf? And even when they are gone out of our, our reach and our discipline, are we persevering in prayer on their behalf? You see, sometimes we pray one time, like Elijah went up and he stretched on this child one time, and nothing happened. That doesn't mean that we give up. It's not because we are um, Christians, it means, okay, I pray one time, God should hear me, and that's that. 
he doesn't hear me, I move on to the next thing. No. But we need to persevere. We see the man of God, he was facing, the, 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 the Bible says that he was walking back and forth. He was facing, he was desperate, he was determined. And he would not let go until God answered. He gets a response. So he keeps laying on that child. He put, his, he put his, the staff, nothing happened. Okay. He, he, he lay on the child, nothing happened. Back and forth he pray. Sometimes we need to pray one time, two times, three times, four times. Sometimes we need to keep praying until it, God comes through. From the first time we, we call, call, he hears us. But sometimes he needs to try our faith. How much will we persevere? How much will we trust him? You see, Proverbs 31, the scripture that was just read, it, it talks about the virtuous woman. And it talks about that her children shall rise up and call their blessed. How will, why did the, the writer of the Proverbs says that? He says because that woman feared the Lord. There are many virtuous and, and capable and great women in the world from generation to generation. But I believe that the writer of the Proverbs, when he, he wrote, that, wrote those words, the greatest of all women are the women who fear the Lord. The most powerful mothers are the ones that walk in the fear of God. The one who embrace the role that God has created them to be, to bring up their children in the fear and, and nurture of God and his word. Those are the mothers that are greatest, highly esteemed, and children will rise up to call them blessed. For the word of God is true. He said even if they grow up and they walk away, they have to return because that is what God's word says. Because the seed is planted there. And whether in this, your lifetime or in your lifetime, it will generate the fruit that, 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 from that, that seed that you plant. It will. And we continue to, to pray and we continue to persevere and we continue to trust them to God. Just like this woman. She put her child on the prophet's bed. The man of God. I think it's, 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 it's a, a picture of presenting the child back to God and said, do what you will. You gave this child to me. Do what you will with this child. I didn't ask you for this child. You see, many, many people think that, okay, this is my child and my child alone. But that's more than ever is God's child. We are stewards, nurturers. That's our role. What we need to do this motherhood according to our God meant it to be. Every woman that God has placed a child in your life, whether you give birth to that child or you raise that child, God bless you to be a mother Embrace your role as God intended to be. 
knowing that when God gives you a child, whether by adoption, whether by foster parents, whether by birth, that he selected you as the right one for that child. And God has selected you to care for, to encourage, and to develop that child in the nurture and the fear and for the glory of God. God bless you today, mothers. Thank you.